Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What is up, everybody? Welcome into this episode of Flippin' Bats Saturday with Smoltz. John Smoltz is back on the show as he is every single week. And man, we got some good stuff for him today. The Mexico City series just happened. 11 homers in the Saturday game. Smoltz was a reliever at some point. Had to ask him about pitching in that, how he would have felt if the series should continue, how he would have felt as a reliever with the bullpen phone ringing, as well as some of the struggling teams around the league that are a bit of a surprise. Going to ask about the Yankees, the Astros, the Cardinals, and the White Sox. And of course, I always love getting a story out of them. Rehab stories. We just saw Justin come back and he went through a rehab start. So some great stories from John Smoltz about some times that he was rehabbing in the minor leagues. All coming at you. So let's get to it. It's a blowout. Eighth inning, 10-3. He swings and it's a high fly ball, deep center field, it is gone, home run, and a huge bat flip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already. All right, and I am pumped as always to be joined by Hall of Famer John Smoltz. John, thank you for joining me, my friend. My pleasure as always. Hey, so we got to start with last week there was a series uh last weekend uh giants padres in mexico and what resulted was one of the crazier series of baseball that i have ever seen on saturday 11 home runs they averaged 442 feet so my first question to you is did you even like it did you enjoy the series well, there's always intrigue when something's different, right? I mean, uh, I, I liken it to uh, the first time we did the game in London mm -hmm. where Boston and New York had that 19 to 14 or whatever <laughs> the game was. And we were trying to explain to those folks over there that this is not typical baseball. You don't <laughs> see this all the time. And that was a similar feeling you had in Mexico City. And look, I, I don't think it was fun for the pitchers. I think it was an absolute blast for the hitters. And fortunately, baseball is not played like that all the time. But that's a tough way to – it's kind of like trying to get through Coors Field. You don't get an op opportunity sometimes if it's on the wrong day. Your ERA, your runs given up, that, that, can, that can blow a season. So uh, I think the hitters were the only ones that enjoyed it. It was <laughs> definitely an intrigue for that game to watch because you felt like if the ball got in the air – it was gone. Yeah. And that's, that's not a good, again, that's not a great feeling for a pitcher. They managed it the last game much better and it was a more typical game, but the environments were perfect for a lot of long distance fly balls. I guess with, with London, it was a, a little bit different. I don't, I'm not exactly sure what was going on with the baseball, but I think it's safe to say something was going on with the baseball there in Mexico city. It's 2,000 feet higher than Coors Field. So, obviously, that was a big part of it was the elevation. So, my my question to you on, on this situation would be, should we 
continue playing games in Mexico City because I promise you pitchers aren't going to like it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a great question. The London series was a perfect storm. That stadium was built for the Olympics, so no wind could be in that stadium. And it created an opportunity for the hottest time of the year and the ball just jumping out like a vacuum. <laughs> um, when there's talks of Mexico City being a potential future uh, place <laughs> to uh, have a baseball team, now that might go into a little bit of a different uh a different idea on, yeah. on whether that would be a great idea or not. But you mentioned it 2000 feet higher is a significant difference in baseball. That's why Coors field has always historically been that place. When you've spent a little bit of time in your career, obviously in the bullpen as a closer. So I couldn't help, but thinking during that game, there is not a pitcher in the bullpen that hears the bullpen phone ring and thinking, boy, I hope this is me, right? Everybody out there is crossing their fingers. That is not them to come into that game. There's no doubt you're going to approach the game a lot differently. <laughs> and if you're a, a swing and miss guy, you're hoping you swing and miss a lot of uh, batters up there because you don't want to be the guy that gives up more home runs. And certainly uh, the, the ring of a, of the, bullpen can be a different ring depending on the circumstances and where you are and you're hoping everybody else does their job so that you get some cushion as a closer to come in and uh not not feel the wrath did you get any ab's at coors field any any bombs you hit out of there i did a bp was always fun i got a couple doubles in a game uh right center hit it thought they were gone but hit the top of the wall i also got plunked in the Basically, the kidney. <laughs> uh, I turned away from the pitch, and it hit me in such a spot that I just – it looked funny, but it wasn't funny at the time to me. I melted, and my whole dugout was laughing hysterically before this is they what, found out when if I was Chipper, okay When Chipper came on last year, and this is the yes. story he told, right? He says you were floundering. I think that's the story yeah. he told. <laughs> yeah, I, I turned away, and it, it, you know, it just hit me in the perfect spot in the back that is not comfortable – uh, 94 mile an hour sinker. Um, I think he was more mad that I got two doubles off of him, but yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> I was not happy about the fact that, you know, I got hit yeah. and then I found out my team was on the ground laughing. <laughs> oh gosh. Good times. Of course. Uh, Hey John. So I want to ask you this year so far, we're a little over a month in, and there's certainly been some very exciting surprising teams as well I'd say Pirates being one of them first NL team to 20 wins Diamondbacks are fun playing good baseball Rangers might be surprising some people but on the other side of things there's some very talented teams that aren't exactly living up to the expectations so far and I want to ask you about a few of those teams and kind of just talk with you about what do you what you think might be going on with those teams or if it's really early, there's no need to worry here. But let's start with the New York Yankees, who at the beginning of this week got down to the very bottom of the AL East, which I think nobody saw that coming. So when it comes to the Yankees, obviously judge on the IL, do you think this is all injury-related, or are there some other concerns there? I think there's a player or two on every team that you really can't afford to spend much time on the IL, and no doubt. Judge has to be healthy for the Yankees to have a presence, to have an impact. He does it in so many ways. He has a trickle-down effect in the lineup. He makes the guys in front of him and behind him so much better. The Yankees have been synonymous as long as, as well as the Mets have been 
synonymous with this regard. Mets have always had injuries in their rotation, and the Yankees have always had injuries in their lineup. And they haven't been able to shake it. I mean, there's a stat that talked about Stanton and Judge play only 20% of the time together or some crazy number. They have more depth in their rotation to kind of hide that. But there's some uncertainties creeping up that you don't want to be talking about. I've said all along that when you leave spring training, every player knows the warts and knows the strengths. And what you hope is the strengths hide the warts. Because if the warts get exposed – then you're talking about something you don't want to be talking about. And I know the Yankees left spring training going, okay, our bullpen's okay. We don't have the dominant closer. Can we bullpen it together and not be showing up? Well, that's kind of showed its ugly head of late. And can we stay healthy in our rotation so that we have that power factor that we intimidate the other starting pitcher to the point where it has a carryover effect. But injuries, 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 and injuries are always the case. I don't care how much money you have, and I don't care how – highly um, touted your team's going to be. If you have the wrong injuries to the wrong guys, it makes you normal. And right now the Yankees are normal. Yeah. Uh, I I absolutely agree with that. And I saw something, I think it was a couple of days ago, the Yankees IL payroll, the, just the payroll of guys on the IL is higher than a lot of teams around the league. So obviously that's going to create a struggle for your team. Another team I want to ask about is the Houston Astros. And this one, I, 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 I think the Astros will be okay, but my question to you is, you know, they've been hovering around the 500 mark for a while. It seems like the Astros are capable of beating the best teams. Obviously, we saw them against the Jays win that series, sweep the Braves on the road, beat the Rays, the best team in baseball at the time, on the road, or still, and then they just seem to struggle against everybody else so far this year, and they're around the 500 mark. What do you see going on down there in Houston? Kind of the same thing with their lightning stick, uh, Altuve not being in the lineup. He's kind of the polar opposite of size with Judge, but he makes about (laughs) as big an impact as Judge does. And I think they're just a well-rounded team that once they get into their rhythm and they get the fluidity of their lineup going, you know, again, there's 30 days that go by in every season. And once you get past 30 days, sometimes the identity of your club is the identity of your club. I don't think we've seen examples of the Braves in the last 30 to 40 games totally change the dynamics of their club and go on to deep runs. That's more of the exception than the rule. I just think clubs know when they leave spring training, when they get going, and that lineup doesn't have to have a lot of plug in place, and you can pencil that lineup in every day. The Astros are still the cream of the crop in the American League for me, and I know that's saying a lot because the Rays are on fire and dominating baseball. But everybody who gets to the World Series or anybody who gets to the World Series is going to have to go through the Astros, in my opinion. They're deep. They've been there. They've done that. And they have a great um, they have a great confidence about them that they're not going to get carried away with any winning or losing streak one way or the other. Yeah. Uh, A couple more teams to ask you about. And, And this one for me in the last couple of weeks, I've been you know, sort of sounding off about a little bit because I I don't understand it. I can't comprehend what's going on there on the south side of Chicago with the White Sox. For the last couple of years, sure, you can point to an injury here or there, but you can point to a hiring here or there, but it just seems like something is wrong in the White Sox organization. This team is far too talented to be as bad as they are right now. I, unfortunately, 
picked them to win the AL Central based off of how talented they were, but I will admit it already. I don't think that's going to happen. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's going on with the White Sox, John? Well, you might say they've lost their identity a little bit. They've got some people that are no longer there. Brayu's not there. Closer's uh, an issue a little bit. Their starting rotation was starting to become their identity. Mm-hmm. With their ability to hit in that ballpark, you know, you've got – Anderson, one of the most exciting players, but when they don't have a consistency to their lineup, again, identity is something. What do you fear? What do you fear about a club when you go in there? And right now, it's a little less fearable, if you will, if that's a word. (laughs) And I think because they've lost a little bit of that identity and that kind of, not magic, but offensively, they could could thump. And really, I thought to start thinking that their rotation was going to start being their identity. And right now, it just hasn't clicked for them. A big part of Chicago and a big part of all those teams that play in the Midwest when the weather stinks, you've got to give them a little bit more time than the teams out West or the teams in the South that have the luxury of playing and getting that kind of timing. And they've been playing through some pretty icky weather and it kind of can have, it can carry over in a ball club. You ask those on the, on the South side as well. And you, you ask the people in, in, in Wrigley, you know, depending on this, the weather that out of the shoot can kind of determine if your timing is good, the hitters are struggling, they're playing in cold weather, rainy. All those contributing factors affect them more than it affects the other teams. And so I think a little bit of grace period here, but in the next two weeks, if things don't start turning around, then you can start shaping that uh, your formula of what you think yeah. this team is or isn't. Because I think uh, past two weeks – the weather shouldn't be an issue anymore yeah. and the team should start regaining that identity. I was thinking about this the other day when I was watching the White Sox game and Luis Robert Jr. didn't run out that ground ball. Now I want to say for the sake of this question that there wasn't an injury at play and it was just him kind of being lazy and not running out of ground ball. Your Braves teams, you small, you Glavin and Maddox were kind of, you were the leaders of that team. And I feel like we're a very, you, you guys were vocal leaders of that team. Was there ever a situation where somebody on the field might have dogged it a little bit and you guys stood up and, and, and said something in the locker room, or was that kind of always Bobby's job to do? Yeah, Bobby did a great job of doing that. And sometimes you need to know the information that nobody else knows. Like, mm-hmm. I've seen managers say, hey, we need you healthy. And if you've got tender legs, which he's had issues before, if it's not a surefire hit, we don't need you – going 100 percent every time there are situations where that happens and a player gets burned because they don't know that information so i'm not saying that this is a particular case but maybe it might be where they need to keep him healthy he has not been healthy and lower leg injuries 162 games you know what is it worth and what's the risk reward because i've said there and been that been there and done that before where i go i can't believe this guy didn't run it out and then come to find out his manager said, oh, by the way, heads up, he's got a tender hamstring, <laughs> yeah. and we don't want him doing that. And if they're okay with it, then everyone else should be yeah. okay with it. So those things, if they're understood, don't have fractions in a club. 
But when a manager makes a point to say, okay, I'm going to take you out of the game. I don't think that, I think that will solve the problem. And we've had a couple of those situations when Bobby took a guy out of the game, didn't have to say much, told the player individually that won't happen again. And he forgets about it and he gets back in the lineup. But if it happens again, then it's a doghouse situation (laughs) and you don't want that. Uh, John, last team for you, uh, a former team of yours for a small period of time, the Cardinals. This team coming into this year, very talented. And again, it is early, but I guess the old saying it's getting late early happens for teams that are far under 500, like the Cardinals have gotten so far this year. Uh, I thought they would compete in the NL Central. I still believe they can, but they've dug themselves quite a hole. What do you see going on with the St. Louis Cardinals? Yeah, one thing that everybody was high on is their offense was going to be great, and at least the possibility of them thumping and running and playing good defense was going to carry them through a division title. That was going to be their identity. But a lot of things that I was concerned about was how is the pitching staff going to come together, and are they good enough? And right now they just haven't shown a consistency. Adam Wainwright hasn't been in there. But that one thing of their ball club was leaving spring training was going to be a little bit of a question mark in some people's eyes. So when that gets straightened out, then the St. Louis Cardinals will be straightened out. And I think the St. Louis Cardinals do enough outside of pitching to help them win enough baseball games to get them back in the mix. You know, they say in a golf tournament, you can't win it in the first round, but you can lose it. Yeah, They're dangerously coming close to uh, losing an opportunity here in the first round of the season because you got to be in the mix. You can't let somebody run away. I don't know if anyone's going to run away and hide in that division. I don't think Pittsburgh can stay at that rate, yeah. but don't tell them right now. They're having fun Seriously. stealing a ton of bases and scoring a lot of runs. So I'm not a big believer in getting too much of the quarter. You know, when you get to the quarter part of the season, getting too carried away with a team. But I also don't want to be 15 games out. Yeah. You know, I, we, I, I think players lie all the time and say they don't pay attention to the schedule so I, I, or, or the standings. I hear managers say, I don't look at anything till after the All-Star break. Well, I think they lie a little bit because if the All-Star breaks 20 games back, what are you looking at? Yeah. You know, there's nothing to look at. So <laughs> one eye on the, on the standings and one eye on your team was always be a, a, a scenario I would pay attention to. And, and I think the St. Louis Cardinals will ultimately stick together enough and find a way to get somebody hot in their rotation. But understand, they have pitchers and not necessarily a ton of stuff guys where they swing and miss. So they rely on contact, strike, defense, and offense. So they need a few more components yeah. than people would have realized. Everyone loves the corner of their infield, and everyone loves certain components of their offense. But you're going to have to be a little bit more pitching-centric to be able to, to, to navigate the whole schedule. Because yeah. it's not like you play your division 19 times, which their division typically was, in theory, supposed to be weaker. You're playing a collection of everybody, and now the schedule is going to be more uh, competitive. Yep. Last one for you, John. We saw uh, Justin work his way back this week, and he had a rehab start last week, so last Friday. And it got me to thinking, I need to ask you about any good stories you have from a rehab stint at any point in your career. I will never forget in 2015 when Justin was rehabbing and coming back, he was pitching for the Mud Hens, getting ready to take the field. Um, you know, my whole family was all watching and we're just, you know, kind of locked in on Justin, make sure everything looks right. And next thing you know, before he throws the first pitch, a dinosaur comes out of the dugout and delivers him the game ball. So you have Justin, who's <laughs> a couple of years removed from an MVP award. And next thing you know, there's a dinosaur on the mound with him delivering a baseball. So there's some crazy things that happen when you're rehabbing and I'm sure something's happened to you. 
Well, I've had many moments of rehab, and uh, unfortunately, I started to realize if I keep getting hurt, uh, I'm going to go broke because <laughs> buying meals for the team is part of what you've uh, been told you're supposed to do. Yep. And over the course of my career, those meals got really expensive, but they were fired up to get them because they don't get those kind of meals all the you're time. You're telling me. I used to love when guys would come down to rehab. we get out back at Steakhouse every night. It was great. <laughs> yeah, so that was one encouraging way for me to realize I need to stay healthy. But there were fun things that happened, memories. There was one moment um, I had, and I just got rid of it. It was a 21-year-old, 1995 540i, six-speed BMW that I had, okay? And so I was rehabbing, drove to uh, Greenville. And the place is like when, when, when a player comes back, you're signing tons of autographs. The place is packed. It's like Elvis is coming back for that particular city to see you you know, pitch there. So I'm rehabbing there. And the, the, the clubhouse kid came over to me and said, Hey, you'd already signed a bunch of autographs. I know after the game, you're going to sign some, can I, you mind giving me the keys? I'll take the car around to the side. And then you guys, you know, you can exit there. And it'd be, I said, that would be great. Oh no! So again, it's a six speed. I give him the keys. I'm doing my interview with uh, all of the uh, reporters. And all of a sudden, I noticed out of the corner of my eye, he had the front grill of my car in his hands. And I'm going, what could have possibly happened? Did somebody try to take the grill off my car? Like he had this awful look in his face. And he said, Mr. Smoltz, I'll work however many jobs I have to. I am so sorry. I popped the clutch. It went into the trailer hitch of a truck in front and popped out the grill. And I said, you're fine. Just give me the grill. Everything's going to be fine. He was so distraught. I said, no, don't worry about anything. I've got to take care of it. But the look <laughs> on my face when I saw the front grill of my car in his hands and I realized he must have felt so horrible. I got back in my car, obviously got it fixed. And um, But I, there's so many memories of minor league rehab. Uh, the last one was like, I was always told when you're going to rehab, you're trying to rehab a particular injury, right? Yeah. But be careful. Every minor leaguer is trying to make their moment yeah. against you. They want to get that hit. They want to get that homer. And I remember going to Jacksonville, Florida, and I'm rehabbing my my shoulder or elbow at the time, and I'm just trying to make good pitches, mechanically sound. First pitch, line drive off my shin. And I'm <laughs> hobbling around, and I'm like, now I got an elbow and a shin, and I'm and it was just like first pitch. And they're definitely on alert when you go down there. You learn some tricks of trades because they want to make their mark. They want to say they got this or that off of John Smoltz and but I, at the end of the day, I, I remember those memories, and I remember making an impact with the minor leaguers and just teaching them a, a little bit about what it's like uh, to pass on the baton if they're in that situation. Oh, absolutely. I remember whenever Justin would either rehab or pitch in like a spring training game, one where I faced him, I get home that night, and he's like, you minor leaguers, all you do is swing at everything. You guys don't have real approaches, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know, man. One for one with a homer off you. That's all I know. <laughs> so you can't uh, – you needed to stop rehabbing, one, because you'd go broke, and two, because you'd keep losing cars. So there's a couple of good yeah, reasons for you. That's exactly right. <laughs> John, thank you so much for joining me, as always, my friend. I appreciate it. Yeah, see you next week. All right, sounds good. See ya. All right, I just wanted to thank John again for joining me. I don't know how he handled that car thing in the minor leagues. I probably wouldn't have handled it as gracefully as he did, just saying, it's all good, it's okay. I would not have been super thrilled, but a great story nonetheless. And it is very true. Every single time 
you knew a big leaguer was coming down to rehab. It didn't matter if they were John Smoltz or the 25th man on the roster. Their obligation was to buy the post-game meal. So anytime somebody would come down to rehab, you knew you were going to be eating good that night. And sometimes we'd have guys rehab for like two weeks at a time. So, you know, we'd go from eating whatever to eating like gourmet meals every single night. It was great. But that is absolutely very true. And I didn't I was going to ask him, did that happen back then? And apparently it did. So it's been happening for a while. But uh, of course, another great conversation with Smoltz. I always enjoy having him on and he's got some great stories to tell and some great insight on the game as well. So thank you all for listening to Saturday with Smoltz. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. Make sure you subscribe to Flippin' Bats wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever. We're also on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and you can watch every single episode on YouTube as well at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. Thank you all for listening, and until Monday, this has been another episode of Flippin' Bats. Peace.